Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. We're going to ride this morning. I'm looking forward to it. I had uh, some sweet time in the word this morning. I always do, to be honest. Um, When I put my heart there, I don't have my head in a bunch of different places. Um, The Lord wants our attention. You know, he just wants to be with us. He just wants to be in relationship with him. I can surely be guilty of having conversations with my kiddos or having conversations with my husband and having that sense of distraction because of something else that's circling in my mind or something else that in that moment I really would like to be doing and learning to just be present, um, knowing that those things will be there waiting for me, but that this particular moment, this particular person, this particular energetic exchange might not. So, um, I am always grateful for the lessons that the Lord is teaching me on a consistent basis. And uh, he is continually bringing these particular scriptures around pouring it all out. And it's connected to the, the next book that I'm in the process of writing. And if any of you guys are in my writing journey Facebook group, it's a small, intimate group. There's like 150 people in there. Um, so activity is is more prominent because it's not being diluted by the algorithm. Um, but if you're interested in writing a book or looking at what like the back behind the scenes are, um, it's a closed group, but you can get an invitation simply by typing in my writing journey and um, you can come into that space and learn about it. But this pouring it out concept Yesterday, this idea of energy and matter was brought to my attention, and it was in like a woo-woo scenario. I ended up making a post about it, and then I had someone who's generally on here, Kelly, hi, good morning, um, asked me a question. She's like, I get it, but I don't really get it. Can you explain it a little bit more? And it's been just like in my spirit, and then literally this morning, I'm having a conversation with my mom, and she's talking about things that she doesn't have versus things that she does have. And in the lack of what we don't have, we get so focused here when God's like, but remember that, remember that thing that I gave you, that blessing, that other blessing, that other blessing, not only the blessings that you've requested, the blessings that you have wanted to have, but simultaneous that the blessings that many people don't have, many people don't have peace. Many people don't have joy. Many people don't have, or they tell themselves they don't have, the energy to get on the bike and do the thing. 
And so what do you have and how can you serve it out to other people? And how is that connected to the book that we're writing? And I say we're, this is going to be um, a non-co-authored, but a co-inspired piece by my husband, who is my favorite person in the world, hands down, but also brilliant and um, wise and he has all these golden nuggets of things that he has kept as treasures. And so it doesn't matter what he does or doesn't have from a physicality perspective. God has given him wisdom. And that's what King Solomon requested in the beginning of his reign after his dad, King David. He's like, Lord, I don't need anything other than wisdom to steward what you've gifted me well. And that's what I hope all of our prayers are. If we can put our intention towards wisdom, if we can put our attention towards discernment, if we can put our attention towards, God, I want to hear from you. Let me go back like the Old Testament does and find the prophet who's connected to you, who I can ask questions to. Now, since Jesus came and we can live by his spirit and we can have access to him, direct access, we don't need to have another anointed one come to speak to us or for us to become reliant on somebody else's word when we can get into the word ourselves. Remember, this is pre-word. They didn't have this. We do. This is why it's called the living word. This is your resource. This is your agent. This is your handbook. This is all the things that you need. It's your guiding light. And so go to the guiding light and find out how it was done and see how does that apply to you. So one of the things from our book that we're going to be talking about is finances. How do you operate out of a place of not enoughness? And again, that's just a mentality. That's a poverty stricken mentality on the fact that I don't have a thing that I perceive that I need in order to do a thing that God has called me to do. Okay. This is where the energy and matter conversation comes into play. A lot of people are saying that they need matter. We're going to call matter money. We're going to call matter time. We're going to call matter energy. We're going to call matter health. All of these different resources that they need. People, we can put anything on the exterior that we think that we need. A network, a connection, followers, okay? All of these people as the matter. And so we think we need the matter in order to make the move. We need the matter in order to be energized towards what it is that we want to to do. We're putting matter as the precursor. And that is literally opposite to what the Lord teaches us to do. He says, you need the energy that will propel you into the matter. Okay? So the thing that you want, or the thing that you think you want, (laughs) because sometimes you get what you want and it's not what you want, right? All the money in the world doesn't bring the happiness. All the energy in the world doesn't bring, well, I think energy brings a lot because it's spirit-led, but energy doesn't necessarily bring the money, right? There's another element to that. That's a whole other conversation. Let's stay here. But understanding that it's the energy, which is the Holy Spirit, you need to be driven into the matter rather than thinking the matter drives you into him. God, if I only had more money, I wouldn't be here in the corner weeping and asking for prayer. God, if I only had a stronger anointing, then I, then I could have more followers. Oh gosh, if I could just land more stages, God. I hear this all the time. Then I would have enough clients. 
then I would have the impact that I want to make. God's like, no, what are you doing in your quiet place? What are you doing in the place that you need to stay focused into operating out of little and understanding that abundance comes from that energetic alignment, that spirit download that then energizes you into the matter. It's so much different. So let's understand this. What happened? This is going to be my book, y'all. So maybe not in this phraseology, but it's been happening time and time again where I am earning, yearning, earning. I am yearning and then earning because God is that good. When you yearn for something, he wants to give it to you. He's a good, good father. When my kiddos come to me, they're like, mama, I really want ice cream. (laughs) Is that what they should have? But we eventually get it. Right. And so understanding that what your child yearns for, you want to provide to them. And so does he. And so this woman, uh, I don't know if she's actually named. Nope. Her name, her, her title, her label. Ooh, we can talk about labels here. Her label given to her by the community, even in the word is she was a widow, widowed member of the group of prophets the widow of the member of a group of prophets. So she was a widow. You are divorced. You are single. You are broke. You are impoverished. You are hungry. You are like whatever you want your label to be. You should just be under the label of child of God. You should just be under the label of I am a woman of God, a man of God, all of those things. But we can so often get stuck to the stickiness of the label that society gives us. And I've been in that place and sometimes I still am where it's like, that's been slapped on me because sometimes those things can be good labels. They can be a label that you become proud of and proud sometimes will lead to pride. If humility isn't connected to that proud and that title supersedes what it is that God gives you, right? Don't let it supersede what God gives you. That label is the most important label you could possibly have. So she ends up going from widow to woman for Elisha. She ends up going from to widow to an overflowing woman. She ends up going from widow and broke to an entrepreneur and uh, a provider for her family, which is also incredible. So let's talk about it. So this is the widow who comes to Elisha and Elisha was the prophet that was anointed after Elijah. I talked about this on Tuesday. Remember, you can remember who comes first, J before S. So Elijah before Elisha. So she comes to Elisha and she says, my husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. So don't you know, you can put yourself in a bind. Sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes it's the fault of a spouse who hasn't been honest. Sometimes it's a fault of a a previous generation that has laid a burden in your lap. Sometimes it's societal. Sometimes it's a governmental burden. Uh, We have this crazy burden happening right now that was totally outside of our hands with two of our real estate properties where literally the entire apartment complex decided it's time because of safety precautions to replace the decks and all of like we have second floor decks and bottom floor decks because they weren't up to code anymore. And 
they decided to take out this huge, huge amount of money. It's like a million dollars in order to build all of these decks. They didn't get it quoted by multiple people. My husband, who's in the contracting space, he gets it quoted for a fraction of the cost. It's going to cost each apartment owner, well, for us, 20 grand, 20 times two apartments. Where does that come from? Bananas. So we're in this place where we're like, that was laid in our lap unexpectedly. Lord help us, <laughs> right? Like literally that's not something we could control. And even though we tried to, we took them to court, we did all the things. It, it's out of our hands. It's, it's actually now a safety precaution and a mandatory or everyone's moving out of the apartment <laughs> complex. So sometimes it's given to you and it's out of your hands and you're like, What's going to happen? They're either going to take it from you. They're going to take her sons as slaves for the debt. Where are you in debt in your life? Where are you in a place where it feels like they're coming after you? Sometimes these are stories that we generate and they're not actually accurate, but we tell ourselves that they are, or we tell ourselves that we're unworthy or incapable because of said debt or said circumstance. But God is asking you, what little do you have in your hands? What energy, what spirit-led experience can we put into motion so that you can get into matter? Are you picking this up? Anything is possible with God. Your attention, which is where we started this conversation, is the predominant thing. She goes to the prophet to hear from the Lord to beg, to, to, to be pleading, to present her request, to petition and present. She doesn't really have a heart of thanksgiving. I don't really feel that so much, but she is thankful that her husband feared the Lord. So there is that. And he says, what can I do to help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing at all, except... This happens to all of us. Well, I don't have anything except I'm really good with my hands. I'm speaking to you. (laughs) I don't have anything except what's your except? What do you have except an overflow of joy, except an ability to write, except an opportunity to speak, except I have, I have a divine connection to the Lord. Except I have transcendent peace. Except I have all the patience in the world and I am not talking about me. Patience. You know how much the world, specifically teachers and children, children need patience. They need an example of patience. Man, what you have in your hands, what little you have, the thing you always put to the side that you don't think is worthy, that you don't think God could multiply, that trusting of God. He says, where you are weak, I am strong. And so even if you feel like it's not enough compared to blank, right? That's our biggest trap. We trap our, our comparison of energy. We trap our comparison of matter into a locking key position that we just put in the corner and we forget and it collects dust, What little has been given to you is collecting dust and you're out there looking and trying to figure out how in the world am I going to create this matter that in some essence does matter. You do need money to pay rent. 
You do need money to, to drive your car. The thing is, though, you might be going and spending all of these other resources that you don't have in order to make that thing, and you're actually wasting away what it is that God has entrusted in you because it's in the corner. It's like unlocking, unlocking, a, uh, what's that? <laughs> this came to my, um, my feed the other day when I was looking for a song around writing and books, and it was Reading Rainbow. Remember that? Take a look. It's in a book. It's Reading Rainbow. And I was singing out loud. My daughter's like, what is happening? She's like, why do you know that, Mom? I'm like, oh, this is childhood. But I think about, like, it's in a book. Y'all, it's in a book. Take a look. It's in a book. It's Reading Rainbow. <laughs> there's promises in here. Y'all, there's promises in here. So she goes to Elisha. She says, I have nothing at all except what you're except, a flask of oil. And Elisha said, borrow as many jars as you can from friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. So she's, he's telling her, protect the thing that is yours. Your sons are yours. Protect them. And also borrow where are you not asking the big questions? Where are you not asking the bold, brave questions? Because borrowing takes energy. Borrowing takes gumption. Borrowing from anyone takes trust. And so if you're expecting to go to a stranger, it says to ask your friends and your neighbors. Okay? There has been trust. Hanging out. All right. We are back in an action. I was talking about what he asked her to do connected to the trust factor that's already been established with friends and neighbors. It doesn't say go to a stranger on the corner and ask them to borrow something. The person's going to look at you like you're crazy. What relational capital do you have? And this was the precursor to everything else. So first she had to figure out what was her exception. What was the one thing she had that she discredited? I have nothing except. So you can't say I have nothing because that literally discredits what the next statement is. <laughs> well, all I have is, is a better way to respond to that. And then it's the relational capital. Have you been putting in the time to develop relationships enough that when it, you are, you're barren or you're in a place, not, not that somebody could give you a baby other than God and your spouse, but you're a widow, right? And you're in this place of, of grieving and you need support. And now you're broke. Who can you lend and borrow money from and to? I think oftentimes we get so greedy. We get so in that scarcity mentality of what matter we do have. What energy it took me to get to where I am and where our family is now. We have realized that the more open-handed we are, with the matter that we've been given, the more abundant it is. This story, which is literally going to be so interwoven into what our book is going to be about, and it's already starting to be about, it's already becoming, it's already got three chapters, is connected to the understanding of an open hand and abundance connected to it. So here we go. So lock, protect 
your sons, bring them inside of you and shut the doors behind you and pour olive oil from your flask into the jars. So look what he's asking, telling, in fact. He's saying you have to pour out what little you have left, the except I do have this one thing. You have to let it go. You have to release it. You have to trust that multiplication will happen by your letting go of what you've held onto, what you've put in that lockbox, what's been up in the dusty jar, what you've discredited as nothing at all. This is the story, not my story, and yet completely my story. I don't think that that's enough. How can you make money doing that? How can I get matter from that? Does it make sense unless the Holy Spirit is invited into the scenario so that he can multiply it and create the matter? Not the other way around. So we get stuck in a business planning mode and thinking, okay, if I charge this amount and I have this many clients and I message and brand it this way, then this multiplication number will happen. Can I tell you every single time that I've helped develop a business, something more has come out of those scenarios because we're praying a new idea, a fresh generation of energy, multiplied matter because we surrender it to the Lord and we ask the Lord the question, God, where do you see this going? What is the exception of the passion, of the energy, of the joy? What is the fruit that you've given this person that they don't think is worthy enough. We were at a conference recently and everyone was writing down their limiting beliefs. And y'all heard on pedal and preach already that limiting beliefs is like the mid ground. We're comfortable with talking about limiting beliefs. Now vulnerability has allowed us to do that. This buzzword of authenticity has allowed us to do that. But limiting beliefs isn't the root. There is deeper. <laughs> There's a lot more happening below the surface of a limiting belief. So when almost everyone in the room had a shared experience of limiting belief of a not worthy enough, men and women alike, limiting belief, I am not worthy. Man, take a look. It's in a book. It's reading rainbow. You guys, you are worthy because he is worthy and you're made in his image and you're the only thing that he ever created that he looked at and he said, you are very good. You are very good. And so the element of shame is what is keeping you back from walking in your full identity. She's ashamed that she's now a widow. And so her shame is keeping her from the revelation that what little she has is more than enough when entrusted to God. Come on, somebody. You're worthy. Let the shame go. Obliterate shame. Come on, this is our whole mission. Obliterate shame and activate purpose. So the widowed woman who doesn't have anything except the jar of oil is asked to go borrow, meaning she's cultivated relationships. She's willing to release what little she has to see what God will do on the other side of it. And it says, pour the olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Woo, that's a celebration right there. Obedience, obedience. So there's got to be obedience connected 
to what you're instructed to do and also discipline because it doesn't say fill up one and then go sell it and get the money because that's what she could have done. She was desperate. Her sons were about to be sold as slaves. The desperation in the mother's soul to help her children, to salvage her marriage, to protect her home. The desperation will drive us to do things we were never instructed to do. Obedience and discipline coupled together with activation. You could be activated. You could be motivated into the wrong matter, people. Remember, energy precedes matter. Energy creates matter. Matter does not create energy. So sometimes we go after the thing we think will fix the problem, or we go after it too soon, or we use it too soon. Elisha seriously says, put it to the side when it's full. I would be so tempted, right? To say, oh, I could go to the market right now. Speaking to an entrepreneur right here. You could go to market right now with what you have, but it's not time yet. You're still doing the work. You're creating inventory. You're focused on the infrastructure. You're focused on the inside, cultivating enough rather than then being right back into the, the place of scarcity mindset. Cause after she sold that one bottle, that first bottle, first off, she cut off the spirit. That's what's happening to entrepreneurs. They're not ready yet. It's okay. Stay inside a little longer. Get it right a little longer. Have more than enough so that when you go out, the multiplication that has happened on the inside now is in momentum because you're going back to the source, right? Going back to the source because you know where it came from and it was not self-generated with this one idea or this one uh, item of oil. So it says, bring the jars to her. Her sons kept bringing jars to her. So her sons, the very ones that she wanted to protect, supported her. Do you know that I can assure you a part of this story is that she was vocalizing her need, that she was sharing her grief with her children, that she was saying and, and totally open booked about the fact that you're going to get taken if I don't act and I need you. I need you right now. I'm only one person. Who are you asking? Who are you telling your situation to? I was at a women's brunch yesterday and we ha all had an opportunity to share. And it was sharing about labels. I told you earlier, I was like, Ooh, I got a good label story for you. I'm not going to go into it. Robin Mayo, who spoke, who's a pastor at our church. Um, holy cow. She did an amazing thing with Campbell soup. I passed it to Pastor Anthony yesterday on Founder Collective Call. So um, you can hear it on the Founder Collective podcast next Wednesday. And simultaneously, he's like, oh, you're just going to be firing power for Sunday. So you can listen to In the Red podcast, too, with Pastor Anthony. And I'm sure he's going to get into it with his own revelations. Um, but these labels connected to that. Shoot, where was I saying? Uh, oh, so we're at this women's breakfast, and we were given the opportunity to share what labels have been put on us. What labels do we hold tight to that are actually superseding our understanding of our true identity, what we truly are made up of, what we're truly composed of, what we've already been gifted on the inside versus what is on the exterior side? Widow, label, right? We had an opportunity to share. And the only people 
who spoke were pastors. And I thought, man, the shame behind what is we're having a conversation about. So much shame that they're not even willing to have a conversation and share it out loud. With other people who they could trust. With other people who could help them pull the jars off the counter and help them fill their cup. That is sad. And so not everyone, though you might be here listening and you might be in the coaching space and you might be in the self-development space and you might be in the word all the time. You actually are few and far between, my friend. You're already in a place of the 1%. And I need you because I can't do it alone. And so you acting from an energetic space, a spirit-led encounter propels you into the matter that we all have to share. This is kingdom economy. This is kingdom business. This is what's lacking in culture. This is why we're trillions of dollars in debt. This is why the enemy is appeared to be winning. Did you hear I said appeared to be winning? He's not. This is why the education sector is being owned. This is why the transgender community and LGBTQ and all of those things are, are, are owning our children, are manipulating because there's not energy connected to it. There's matter. There's labels, exterior. They're calling themselves this and it's superseding who God calls them. And we've all been guilty of it. I'm raising my hand. I've been guilty of doing that many, many times. So here she is with the support of her sons who now understand the predicament and the, and the seriousness of the predicament. She filled one after another and soon every container that was entrusted to her. Remember, borrowing is an investment. So when you're saying, hey, can I have that? That's not the same. Borrowing says, I'm gonna give it back. And I'm gonna give it back with interest. I'm gonna give it back with spirit-filled interest, with gratitude and joy. And there's gonna be an extra treat on the side. This is business. And most people are saying, can I just have this? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I, I can't actually just give that to you, but you can borrow it and then multiply it and then bring it back. Isn't that what the parable of the talents is about? Come back with interest so that you can be trusted again with the next ask that you have. And it supports the other person. So it's a give and take. It's a give and receive scenario. So she says, bring me another jar to one of her sons. And he says, there aren't any more. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. I have a, a spiked curiosity about this statement because I actually believe that the doubt connected to the son based on what he could only see versus what he believed could continue. Because at that point he could have said, well, there aren't any more. He could have had the knowledge to say, oh my gosh, we're getting low on inventory. You, other son, I'll keep helping mom. Go ask more neighbors. Go borrow more jars. 
We, we're, we're overflowing here. We need, we need more containers to hold this oil, to hold what the Lord is giving us. This is where preparation is so critical. As an entrepreneur, we do this to ourselves. We, we use every single bit of inventory and then we're like, oh, wait. <laughs> we talk about this when it comes to launching. We launch group coaching programs. They're eight, week, eight weeks long. We launch them for four weeks, six weeks. We get people in. We're so pumped. And you're on the seventh week. The eighth week is about to be here. And you're like, oh, wait, I don't have any more inventory. I don't have any more finances for the next eight weeks. So now you're going to be completely broke for the next six weeks or four weeks while you're launching the next thing. What if you're in an open cycle? What if you have the knowledge and the wisdom connected to trajectory to say, okay, I need to be doing this then. We've got to back it up. This son connected to the widow, they should have prepared. They could have gone out. It didn't say how many times they could go. So I have this inclination, this spike in my spirit when I, when I heard his eyes limited him from seeing what could have continued because the moment the doubt came in, there aren't any more. The moment the worry came in, there aren't any more. I don't have any more to give, God. That moment, the oil stopped flowing because trust stopped. Because spirit stopped leading. Because matter became the priority over energy. This is where this comes from. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, go back to yesterday's reel and watch it. This is the extended version of one minute. So when she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over. This is the premise of my book. <laughs> this is it. First, you guys know Dave Ramsey's methodology, which I'm not partial to, but it's not wrong. <laughs> it's something you can absolutely tie into, hold tight to. There are good debt, there's bad debt, all of those pieces. But we look at it a little bit different and operate a little bit different as a family, the snowball effect and all of that. Um, but my husband showed me a lefting, a, le, a, what's it, a final balance, a balance due, so I should say, to one of our um, condominiums. And wild, such a small number. I'll just say four figures. Four figures left on something that was purchased less than four years ago. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. But what was happening in, what's continuing to happen is that we are selling the olive oil, we're paying for our debts, and we're living on what is left over. Rather than being focused on the matter, living on what we got, what we would get, all the good stuff, lifestyle of the rich and the famous, energy dies, focus goes towards the matter and not the spirit, and we're stuck in the exact same scenario. So I love that he turned her in to an entrepreneur. She started to understand pay your debts is going back to the people that you borrowed from. Y'all, this is a full circle conversation in like four, four little stanzas, four little paragraphs. And we're, we're speaking from, I believe we're in first Kings. Uh, da, da. Yeah. Second Kings, second Kings three is where this exists in four paragraphs. Entrepreneurism, entrepreneurism, entrepreneurship, I'll say that way, is taught. It's literally taught. Business plan, right there. What do you say that you don't have enough of? 
What do you have enough of? That's an exception. You say, I have nothing except. What's your except? Who have you cultivated relationships with that you can borrow from? Borrow is not take. Borrow is to bless back after they've lent something to you. Can you stay fixated on the goal and the gratitude of said goal? Where does your provision come from? Her provision did not come from something she self-generated. The oil flowed out of her activation and trust that when she let go of that accept item, the oil that was left in her final jar, that she knew that she knew that she knew that more was going to come. And that's what happened. And instead of going out and immediately getting what she needed in that moment, she could have gotten money on the first jar. She did what the Lord told her to do and said, set it aside until the oil stops flowing. And actually, in fact, it never said that the oil is going to stop flowing until the doubt crept in, which I talked to you about how many entrepreneurs get in rhythm, get in flow. Things are going really well. And then someone says, it's not even you. How are you going to maintain that speed? Gosh, I get this all the time. How how are you going to do that? That doesn't seem, I don't even know what you do. I'm so confused by what you do. You can't do all of those things. You know how many people throw doubt my way every single day? And I just keep my eyes on the prize. And my prize is right here. My abundance comes from right here. My overflow comes from right here. My energy comes from right here. All right, quick interruption. But actually, it's not really an interruption. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family, be a part of the foundation of what the founder collective is heart premised on. And that's Ephesians 2.19, that we are found in him, that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ with him as our chief CEO, our chief cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly founder collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. Additionally, we're inviting you to our annual conference. This is be our third annual conference. You can go to thefoundercon.com. Again, that's thefoundercon.com. And you'll get to hear people like Jay worship and teach and share from his testimony. Anthony, Pastor Anthony, the bearded wonder. (laughs) He's going to come to you with his fiery flaming shoes and his voice and the belly. The fire that's within his belly comes out in such a dynamic way when it's on stage. Myself, my team, and all the incredible people who are part of this family. It's not just us. And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped and to also be resourced. We love sharing resources, which is what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in him as a founder in the Founder Collective. Y'all, I wanted to say in bed this morning, (laughs) my sweet little daughter, the eight-year-old, she stubbed her toe two days ago. Actually, a a cart, a little baby uh, shopping cart rolled over her toe, sliced it. She comes, mama, 
my toe hurts. I'm like, oh, heaven. <laughs> Baby, there's nothing I can do for your toe. I don't have any, like, numbing cream. I don't know what to tell you. <sighs> I need a Band-Aid. I'm like, okay, Band-Aid's going to help. I'm, like, literally walking blindedly through the house. Can't find it. Come back upstairs, baby. I don't know where the Band-Aids are. She's like, oh, I know where they are. You just sit me downstairs <laughs> in the middle of the night in my underwear. Can't find what I'm looking for. Okay, get the Band-Aid. Put the Band-Aid on. Can I sleep with you? Yes. Yes, you can. So I'm sleeping in a sardine can all night long, tossing, turning, listening to her breathing. I'm like, I got to get up. I went into her room and I fell back asleep by myself. And then I realized, ah, what's my accept? I'm tired. My label is tired mama this morning. Accept my identity in Christ. The what little I have, the energy that I do have, the gift that I do have, I made a commitment. I stay obedient and disciplined. That's what she did. She stayed disciplined not to run out, not to go sleep in and say, I'll do it tomorrow. She stayed disciplined, kept her eyes on the prize, most of which was protection out of keeping her son, not even the money. It was about wanting to keep the one joy, the two joys, because there was two of them, at her right hand. When the doubt crept in, she told the man, just so you know, when the oil stopped, when there was enough, whatever that enoughness is for you, she didn't run out and do what she thought she should do with what was given to her. Come on, somebody. We often will create something. The Lord will co-create something with us and we create a plan for it. Ooh, this goes back to the business plan. I'm going to do this with it. I'm going to sell it to this person. I'm going to generate this amount of money from it. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. But that's not what she did. She told the man of God. She went back to God and told what happened. Now the Lord knows. Remember, we're in new covenant with Christ. We don't need a prophet in order to have these conversations. I can say, okay, God, what should I do next? Okay, Lord. I trust you. Thank you. Where do you want me to go next? And it says, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over. My husband and I have a passion and an utmost desire to not give 10, live on 90, but to give 90 and live on 10. I want to do this for other startups. I want to do this for people who are carrying a label that is not who they are. I hope that as she released and stepped into entrepreneurship, I, I hope that she had a new sense of identity, that it actually attracted another man of God to be a co-partner with her in life. I want her to know that she is worthy. I want her to know that she is loved and trusted by her sons and her neighbors and friends not just the house because she paid back the debts with interest. Will that be you is my question. Can that be you? This is a fun topic. <laughs> I had a lot of fun teaching about it and I'm so passionate about it as you can obviously see because I've been sitting on it. <laughs> not this particular passage because of course the Lord's giving it to me 
fresh and new. There are so many examples of oil being poured out in the Bible. And that's what I want to keep doing. That's what I want to keep doing for you. That's what I want to example. That's what I want to stay in humility over. It's what I want to stay entrusted with by God for. It's like, God, whatever little you give me, I'm going to multiply it. Whatever little you give me, I'm going to give it right back to those who have poured out and trusted me. Uh, man, I'm excited about what this opportunity can look like for you. And ultimately with all of the stuff that I just shared in the last 45 minutes, the most important thing for you to understand and recognize is that you have something that the Lord has given you already, that you're not empty handed. And because you're not empty handed, you have to come to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Except I have a little what is that thing that you can present to the Lord and ask him to help you multiply, give you, give you the plan? Because we can't self-generate things that are for the kingdom. His ways are higher than our ways. And we have been predestined for good works. Before you were in your mother's womb, he had a plan for you. Have you asked him what it is? <laughs> have you asked him what you're supposed to be doing in your life? We get into this cycle of chaos. We get into this cycle of busy. And the Lord is like, slow down, fix your eyes on me. Stop striving, daughter. Stop perfecting, son. And just tune in to my spirit and stop striving after the matter. The matter will come when the spirit is aligned and the spirit puts you in trajectory towards the matter. And then you use said matter to honor God, to glorify God, and to create momentum from the matter. That's connected and only multiplied because of energy. It's a cycle. I got to draw this diagram out. This is good business tips right here. All right. I love you guys so much. I'm going to pray us out. So glad to have you. Not believing our actual label because we didn't think about it before someone called us it. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. This is so true, Kelly. Good morning from Paris, France. Lauren Kilman, Uck Sinclair. Excuse me. I call my best friends are like like my maid of honor, or my maid of honor and bridesmaids are in my phone as their maiden name because that's like mm, that's the treasure of our relationship. I love their spouses. I love that they're married now, but it's funny. I still call them all by their original name. I need to give them their new name. God calls us by our new name. God calls us by our new name. I am no longer Tamara Cornwall. Praise God. I am Tamara Andress, and I am so grateful for that. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that we have what we need in our hands, God. I pray for those who are doubting what it is that their exception, except I have a small bit of oil. I, I pray over that doubt. I pray over that concern. I pray over that lack of knowledge connected to their worthiness. God, will you reveal to them how worthy they are? Will you reveal to them that they are made new in you? Will you reveal to them that their identity is secured in a rich, rich king, in an Abba father who wants the best for his children, who wants to protect, who says, no, 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 no. My debts are paid Your debts are paid by the King of Kings, by King Jesus himself. God sent his son to pay your debts. And therefore, from that place of identity, from that place of connection, we can ask our father for what we want. We can ask our father for what we need. We can ask our father for the plan. We can ask our father for the overflow. 
And yet all he's asking in connection to that is obedience and discipline, keeping our eyes fixated on him rather than the matter. The spirit creates and multiplies the matter, not the other way around. God, I pray for any label that's been put on my sisters and brothers. I pray that it never supersedes their identity in you. I pray that when it starts to creep in, it starts to be the thing that they see in the front of the mirror before they see the beauty that they've been created in, that they've been created as very good. God, that our creation is made in your image and therefore we are perfect. And that does not mean that we don't steward what we've been given, but we've got to learn to love the one who loves us so that we can then work it out in our own flesh to love ourselves and to love others, Lord. God, I ask for the entrepreneurs that are listening to this right now, that this would have been divine download for them, that they would run to the word. They would run to second Kings to read this for themselves, because I know you want to illuminate something even further than what has been illuminated to me. I pray for all the doubters out there, all the people that are coming in and whispering doubt. Maybe that's even of the enemy, Lord. But it's often out of love and those people just wanting to keep them in their comfort zone. God, we break those chains of tradition. We break those binds and those limiting beliefs of worry and fear and I'm not enough. We break it off in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord. Mm, I sense their cries. I sense their eagerness, Lord. Will you fix their eyes on the abundance Will you give them more than they ask, hope, or imagine? Will they be reminded by the good relationships that they have nurtured? And if they're thinking, even in this moment, that they haven't been good in nature to even have relationships, God, give them the energy to start now. I know what cultivating new relationships can feel like later in life. And we often will stay in a place of stagnation connected to it. But there are people yearning to be in communion with one another. God, we've been so isolated in this world. We've been so stuck in this rat race of comparison, God. But ultimately, we just want to operate as the body. And in order to operate as the body, we've got to trust the other limbs and appendages and gifts and talents of those that are created. I'm not meant to look like, walk like, talk like. I'm not meant to operate like. I'm not in, I'm not possible. There's not even no capability for me to do some of the things that my brothers and sisters can do. And I should celebrate that. Mm. For those who are out there with broken hearts, who have been widowed, who are barren, who are in that season of not enoughness. God, will they be reminded that you are enough, that you are our provision. You are Abba. You are Jireh, Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. God, that you are Jehovah Nisi. You are the banner. You are the banner above all titles, Lord. Mm. Mm. We thank you, God. We glorify you. Thank you for your ways. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you for your word. We love you, God. We thank you, Jesus. Send them out. Equip them. We put on our armor today, God. We're ready for the fight. We go to war for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, so good. So good. I love you guys. 
Thanks for tuning in. Good to see you, Helen. Good to see you, Nat. Thanks for hanging, Emily. You guys are incredibly devoted friends, sisters, brothers. Greg, I saw you on here. Kelly, you rock. Lauren, I love you guys so much. You know, I, I can get in the label of not enough, right? <laughs> I can get in that. And I am reminded every single day that there is a more than enough God that we operate under, which is why we are actually hosting a women's devotional. It's our first official devotional. We've had our anthology, which can surely be read as a devotional with the verses and the wisdom connected to it. Um, but we're doing a women's only devotional. We are so excited. It's called More Than Enough. And it's more than a mom, more than a wife, more than an entrepreneur, more than my past, more than my religion, more than my shame. There's a bunch of different categories. We've actually considered doing more than my body because we've had a lot of women talk about the transformation from a physical lens that they've been going over. And I think that that would be really powerful for people. So we already have several women who have signed up to be a part of it. Um, we are headed to She Speaks in just a couple of weeks, which is with Lisa Turkhurst um, as a sponsor. We're so excited. We'll get to be speaking at her house on one of the nights, which is like such a treasure. I'm so excited about it. Um, and I, I know that with the 800 plus women that are going to be in that room, that devotional will be sold out by July. We are likely going to do another one right after that because we love them so much and there's so much interest in it. But if you want to secure this more than enough one, um, surely just send me a DM, reach out to um, our team and we'll get you on a call to understand all of the different pieces and parts to it. But you're going to be a published author, and that's one of the most amazing things. You're going to be a published author alongside full distribution in all of the bookstores across the globe. And so it's a printed version. You get to have a book tour alongside us. There's going to be so much fun stuff to come on the other side. And I think that's where a lot of publishing houses get it wrong, which is why we show up the way that we do. We show up with the fullness of editing, formatting, design, and marketing. The marketing piece is connected to a coach that has sold over 21 million copies of their book. And so we are partnered with people people who have gone before us and we are entrusting that we are going to teach that same methodology, that same wisdom, that same um, element of excitement for all of our authors moving forward. So we don't come into relationship with people for just a one-time project. We come into communion for life because we're building family, not community here at Fit and Faith. And that is something I'm wildly passionate about because God created family. He created family, not community. And so we don't go from city to city to gain followers. We say, unfollow me, follow Christ, and come along for the ride. We're on mission. We're the mobilized church. That's what the nonprofit side of what it is that we do from a for-profit side is all about. And we want to catalyze you. So if that catalyst looks like a devotional, looks like being a best-selling author, looks like creating stages and being with other people in order to have this asset, you know, this is a thing where the Lord says, what do you have in your hands? And you're like, well, I have nothing actually except I do have this book. I have this book that you inspired me to write and I need to bring it to life. And this book is what will actually be and become the platform and the multiplication of what God has created inside of you because books have legacy power. Books have chain breaking power. That's what this is about, y'all. That's what publishing and why I'm so passionate about publishing is because it's not a one and done scenario. It's forever. 
And so I can talk on this and it'll be gone tomorrow because the algorithm will push me down and no one will see it. I could put it on a podcast and it can go to the globe, which I will, and it'll stay there forever if someone types in that the, I don't know, widowed woman or the Bible or devotional or entrepreneurship in the Bible, any, whatever we decide to call this particular conversation. But at the end of the day, a book never goes away. Who knows what the airwaves will do with podcasting? But I have secured that unless someone comes and burns these all to the ground, which I doubt very seriously, if that happens, I'll see you in heaven because we're going up. Uh, but I am believing in you and I am believing in the downloads that the Lord have given you. And yes, come on, iconic morning. Bless you too, brother. Thank you so much and so grateful. I already did like ugh, a war cry for all of us via prayer and I just kept rolling, but I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm going to hug my babies. This is my sanctified hour with my family before we go off and do all of our things throughout the day. So um, I treasure you. I thank you. And uh, God bless. Chat soon. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting, and I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Two weeks old in an iron lung, which is, you know, like a sealed oxygen unit. Uh, fighting for my life I couldn't I couldn't breathe properly I, and apparently I didn't make a sound um, from the day I was born because my lungs were all messed up that's Martin Smith of Delirious sharing a personal testimony on The Walk a podcast for worshippers join us weekly to hear songwriters worship leaders filmmakers and other creatives tell stories in the form of a devotional The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform